You put your all into delivering quality and value on time. And when your customer doesn't pay, it doesn't just hurt your feelings. It hurts your business. At MetCredit, we get it. We collect overdue receivables fast and treat your customers with respect. Go to MetCredit.com to get started. MetCredit, we get it. This is Overdue Advice, the podcast about how and why debt collection works for your business. Brought to you by MetCredit. Everybody pay up. Welcome to Overdue Advice. I'm Bryn Griffiths. Well, many local economies have been struggling over the past few years, most notably due to COVID, but it's the inventiveness of many companies through it all that's been highly inspiring. While some work in singular fashion, many cities across Canada and the U.S. have banded together to try to figure things out. Plus, many are led by various chambers of commerce, all working to keep everybody else working. It's the exchange of ideas and strategies that is helping. Now, Met Credit's in the business of debt recovery. We all know that. And during the tough times, that can be a challenge. But when times are better... Everybody is working and pulling in the same direction, and it makes everything so much easier. So what is up right now in Canada? Well, today we check in with two Chamber of Commerce CEOs to find out what they're doing, what they see coming, and how they're trying to help local businesses push forward in a positive manner. Today we're joined by Jeffrey Sunquist of the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce and Patrick Sullivan of the Halifax Chamber of Commerce. Hey guys, first and foremost, let's let's talk about you guys and then we'll get into what you do. And we'll start with the Edmonton guy, Jeffrey, first. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how you get started into this area. Well, Bren, um, as you know, I'm an international man of mystery. Yes. Uh, I'm uh, currently the uh, president and CEO of the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce, formerly the board vice chair. And, um, you know, so I got into the chamber movement many, many years ago um, because I believe that uh, having a business organization who can really amplify the important elements for business with all orders of government, I thought it was important to lend a hand. And so I started as a volunteer, moved onto the board, and then now I moved to management. And Patrick, what about you out in Halifax? Well, I guess I'm uh, I'm certainly not an international man of mystery. Uh, I uh, I'm fairly new to the chamber movement. I've been around uh, almost six years now. Uh, I have a background in marketing and ended up sort of I think with the skills that I had, having worked in government, worked in the private sector, uh, the chamber seemed like a logical place for me to uh, to help. And my predecessor had been there 28 years, uh, so uh, it's not a job that comes up every every uh, quite often, I suppose, in Halifax, but uh, but it seemed like a good opportunity to kind of uh, work with the business community. Patrick, I'll throw this one at you first. Let's talk about the uh, Chamber of Commerce in Halifax. Tell us a little bit about the organization. Sure. We're uh, a fairly good-sized Chamber of Commerce. We're the biggest chamber east of Montreal. We have over 1,800 members. We do in a good year, maybe this isn't a good year, 105 events a year. Uh, and uh, we're here to support our members uh, and uh, advocate for them, uh, work for them, uh, and deliver value to them. And Jeffrey, you're a newcomer here in Edmonton, but tell us a little bit about what you've learned about the Chamber, and I know that you've uh, been following for a long time. Well, I think the Chamber here in Edmonton, um, which has been around for 132 years, uh, has really properly uh, been a 
great voice for the uh, business community here. We have, uh, you know, our three tenants are to advocate, to educate, and to connect people. Clearly, over the last year, two years, we've had challenges connecting people, but we've I think been very innovative in uh, being able to create value and and deliver good, uh, you know, good value to our to our membership. We've had lots of opinion on, you know, we've had gone through a uh, through a, a civic election, we've gone through a federal election, and uh, you know, built very strong platforms uh, around, you know, what is in the best interest of business and uh, and the broader business community. Guys, I want to throw this one out, and, and we'll go to Halifax first, but what are the challenges that you're facing right now, Patrick? Well, the obvious challenge is COVID. Right. Um, Nova Scotia has had a pretty good run, if I could put it that way, uh, up against COVID. Uh, we've had very, very low cases. Uh, we've been very lucky. We've been part of the Atlantic bubble. Uh, we've had some of the lowest cases in North America, in fact, the world. Um, sadly, uh, with the newest version of COVID with Omicron, uh, we're now the highest. Uh, so, you know, when I compare and I kind of look at the numbers every day, uh, when I look two days ago at Nova Scotia's numbers, we had new cases that were 43 cases per 100,000 versus Alberta, which was at four cases per 100,000. So we're 10 times the size of uh, Alberta in terms of new cases. So COVID's COVID's very tough. It's impacted our own business. You know, we do a lot of events and our own revenue is down about 30% a year. It's It's been a tough go. What would come in second on your list? And I'm guessing it's way down on the list after that. Well, it, it, you know, to be honest, we're kind of in this uh, firefighting mode, uh, I suspect is the best way to look at it. Uh, advocacy with government, uh, which kind of comes out of the whole COVID thing, I think is the uh, uh, would probably be the uh, the second biggest. Uh, you know, and, and Jeffrey mentioned some of the things that we try to do as well: connect our members, uh, try to uh, educate them. We've managed to do some of those training programs. All of those things uh, are uh, are part of the uh, the program. And Jeffrey, out here in the West, obviously COVID is a huge challenge, but there's other ones as well. I'm guessing. Yeah, well, it's it, obviously COVID is uh, a big, big challenge. And uh, it, with changing policy, changing regulations, putting frontline workers, you know, at the at the front end of many of these issues, it's been a big, big challenge. But it's also been a, a very interesting opportunity for businesses to kind of redefine themselves. And, and in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of other other issues, the, you know, the economy is, is is challenging. The the visitor economy is struggling. Our conference business in the Edmonton metropolitan region is challenging. So, you know, the, there are many, many things that are that are going on, but it's really all driven by the uncertainty in the marketplace. And consumer confidence, investor confidence, and the like. Guys, I keep hearing from a lot of businesses that learning how to pivot quickly is essential for them. For Chambers of Commerce, like you guys, is it the same? And we'll start in Halifax with you, Patrick. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we moved to... Uh you know, I mentioned that 105 events. I mean, we now do more webinars than we've ever done. We're doing three to four. We were doing uh, at the height of the pandemic, although I suppose we're back there, uh, you know, sort of five to six uh, webinars a month, if not more. Um, but it's not only businesses that have had to pivot. It's it's government. Uh, it's government that have had to pivot to to react 
um, and provide the support uh, that uh, that businesses need. But yeah, I mean, in the early days, we certainly saw businesses changing their model. We've seen uh, a significant move to online ordering, to online takeout, uh, or sorry, online ordering, I suppose, for takeout for restaurants. So there's been a real revolution, if I could put it that way, uh, in the digital economy, which is helping people to get through these later phases of COVID. Jeffrey, same thought. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's been interesting to see how companies have really adopted new technologies, new ways of connecting with customers, and uh, they've, they've had to. And so, you know, for, for us here at the Edmonton Chamber, you know, we've, we've, we've been, uh, I guess, working on all sorts of ways that we can support local uh, I think there's a very there's very much uh, an interest in the community f- to support and shop local. We've certainly amplified that message, and um, you know, investing in uh, you know we've put our dollars forward to support our our members and uh, and our business community to ensure that they can get through this. There's no question that there are going to be companies that are not going to make it. But people are thinking differently, and and um, we're you know we're here to support their interests, and uh, and uh, you know the government has done I think really good work on uh, on on supporting them, and I think there's still more to be done. I'll leave this wide open for either guy to jump in, but uh, you, do you guys compare notes with the other chambers of commerce all across the country? Patrick, do you want to pick that one up first? Yeah, sure. I, I, we do, but not often enough. Uh, that's the, uh, that's the answer. I mean, we're in a, let's put it this way. We're not a non-competitive environment uh, because there's really only one chamber per, uh, per market. Uh, and frankly, we should be sharing uh, more, uh, more information. You know, we've grown our membership uh, in the last five years from 1400 to over 1800 members. Jeffrey may be interested in that uh, and, uh, and how we did that uh, unless he's got even better numbers and, uh, and then I'd be willing to learn. Uh, so no, we certainly should be sharing that information and sharing, um, you know, what we're what we're doing both as a chamber and and what we're doing, uh, you know, for our members. Well, sharing is caring, and uh, you know, I think you're you're exactly right, Patrick. That we do need to do more in terms of collaborating and and what is, um, you know, what are the things that are working well, working less well, and teach one another on uh, on on these member driven organizations. Uh, we do need to collaborate more because we have the same interests, uh, same challenges, and uh, there's no point in reinv- you know reinventing the wheel. No, I just and I just want to mention, and, and Jeffrey and I are both part of with Edmonton and with Halifax, part of a group that's called the Canadian Global Cities Council, uh, which are the nine largest chambers of commerce across the country. Uh, so you know that group, and again, you know it's been tough with COVID because we usually get together a couple of times a year, and we go to Ottawa and we advocate for our members, and we speak to the federal government. Uh, so you know it's been a little bit tough, but that's that's a great basis for communication for uh, for these larger chambers, uh, and uh, you know we're keen to kind of keep that going and and actually accelerate that as we come out of the pandemic. And Patrick is chair of uh, the CGCC. I think that he's done a great, great job. Um, albeit I'm new to the organization, the, there's some important work that has been going on. And, you know, things like interprovincial trade barriers, you know, that's, that's a key issue that this organization under Patrick's leadership that, uh, that we're working towards to, you know, free up markets within Canada. You know, if it's easier to ship something to Mexico than Manitoba, 
we have an issue. And, uh, and uh, you know, so we, we do need to not only highlight the issue of interpre- uh, interprovincial trade barriers, we need to figure out a way to remedy them. have to ask this one because, uh, you know, talking to various business owners, when they're going through difficult times, they almost seem to withdraw a little bit. You know, they, they figure that they can go it alone. And are you guys finding that that uh, that is the case and or is it completely the opposite where they're welcoming feedback from 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 your organizations and maybe uh, kind of teaming up a little bit patrick do you find that in halifax yeah i mean i i'd actually put it a little bit differently i i think they're desperate for information uh desperate to to learn what's going on to you know to uh, learn what we're hearing when we're talking to government as we're uh, talking to government likely a little more often than they are uh, they're keen to uh, to learn uh, what we think they should be doing. I mean, we're getting, I get every day now, you know, a, a direct email or two from a member from our uh, communication that says, here's my specific problem. You know, do you have any suggestions on how we can overcome this particular problem for our business? So, no, I think, I think people are, uh, want information and, and in fact, are desperate for information. I think at a time like this, information is kind of the key commodity. And I think it's interesting to see how the business community has kind of coalesced around these challenges and, and is open to sharing ideas and challenges and, and just communicating. You know, the whole notion, of course, competition is what it is, but there's, uh, I, I think, a real strong willingness for businesses to support one another. And I think the this this pandemic and just the economic challenges that we're facing has really highlighted the importance of collaboration, the importance of uh, sharing your adversity and how you've navigated it with, uh, with other business owners, other risk takers, other employers. The single biggest cause of bad debt write-offs is procrastination. With every day you wait, the chances of ever getting paid go down. At MetCredit, we get it. We collect business receivables fast. And if we don't succeed, you don't pay. Go to MetCredit.com and stop waiting for money you deserve. MetCredit, we get it. And Jeffrey, I'll throw this one at you first. And that, and that is when you, uh, when you take a look at organizations and they're looking at the Chamber of Commerce and how they can benefit from being a member where do you start with that? There's various programs, there's advice, what sorts of things, if you're going to do a bit of a sales pitch for the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce, where would you start? Well, I'd start, I think, by uh, the whole notion of connecting and being able to support business to business. Those relationships are very, very important, and we provide a, a platform for businesses to, uh, to connect and to support one another. The other area is where you've got um, businesses with their challenges they need to have a voice with different orders of government. And uh, we provide that, uh, we provide that platform. And, you know, with, um, uh, with, you know, an independent business is not going to get an audience with a a particular municipality, a province, or certainly a federal government. Whereas we as a chamber of commerce can get that audience. And particularly if we can collaborate with other chambers of commerce, we have a very strong voice. So with, uh, you know, a national organization of chambers of commerce, whether it's the Canadian Chamber of Commerce or our provincial one here in Alberta, our collaboration with, you know, Patrick in, in Halifax and our colleagues across the country, 
our voice matters. And uh, being able to take um, important elements to government, whether it's taxation, whether it's fiscal responsibility, uh, affordable childcare, you know, those are, those are key elements that have a business impact. And, and we can amplify that, uh, that, that importance and that voice. Patrick, on the East Coast, what do you offer up your membership? Well, uh, I think what, what I like to say is we like to try to help our members, as Jeffrey said earlier, we like to help them connect, we like to help them network, uh, we like to provide uh, education, and we think all of those things are going to kind of increase that top line a little bit. Uh, we also offer a lot of benefits, so a lot of cost-saving opportunities uh, through insurance programs, uh, through benefits for their employees, through some of our affiliate programs, so they can actually save money. And ultimately, we would say um, that they could uh, end up with a bigger bottom line uh, by uh, by joining the uh, the Chamber of Commerce. And then, of course, I'm going to jump in and agree with Jeffrey on everything he said, uh, which is on the <laughs> advocacy piece, uh, you know, and that communication uh, with whether you know whether it's ministers or premiers or or ultimately prime ministers. Um, you know, uh, we we can provide the real value that our members are unable to uh, to do on their own. So often when the going gets tough organizations and businesses tend to cut back on their marketing and their advertising. You guys have probably seen a little bit of that. What are you finding so far, Jeffrey, we'll start with you. What are you finding so far in the Edmonton market? Are you finding that there's a more aggressive approach to this little down, this down dip that we're on? Yeah, I think people are getting a little more, um, certainly more savvy with their spend. They're trying to be more efficient and as they always should be. But they are trying to connect with their customers in in different ways and uh, making sure that they optimize, you know, how they how they either communicate or how they uh, connect with their customers. And technology has played a large, large role in this. So they are investing in technologies to and and online platforms to uh, to deliver goods and services to uh, to their constituents. Patrick, you finding that as well in Halifax? Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think those that can afford to invest, uh, and there are some that can't, you know, right now, uh, sadly, uh, but um, are are doing it. Um, and we're seeing, you know, we're seeing, frankly, some hoteliers purchase other hoteliers because if there's anything that's great value right now, it's a hotel. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're seeing some of that. Uh, we're seeing, we actually saw a large number of restaurants, as strange as that sounds, open up last year, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and they've done okay. They've done pretty well as, in fact, as, uh, as new restaurants, um, as Jeffrey said, you know, there's going to be a number of businesses that aren't going to make it. But, you know, I learned a long time ago, if you can invest a little bit when others are not, you can end up at the end of that downturn uh, with an increased market share, a better business and a stronger business. Uh, so if you can, um, and you can see that, you know, that light at the end of the tunnel, then, uh, then I think you will be in better shape at the end of the, at the end of the day. We've talked about internal struggles and working from the inside out, but let's talk about coming from the outside in and that's tourism. It's important for a lot of areas, airports, two strong airports in Halifax and Edmonton, but it's a bit of a struggle, that business right now. What are you, what are you finding in Halifax? Is, is that a, is that a big problem as well? Uh, yeah. Tourism sucks right now. Okay. Uh, if I could, <laughs> if I could, you know, kind of put it tactlessly, uh, uh, you know, this is a $4 billion industry. 
in uh, in Nova Scotia, and and it's in it's in desperate shape. So you know those folks in restaurants, in hospitality, uh, you know there's 500,000 room nights a year in Halifax for business travelers, uh, and that's not happening right now. Uh, we did have a pretty good year when it came to tourism. We had. Uh, people who visited and that was all great uh, but it ended you know sort of September 15th or, or later in September and, and we're not seeing it continue and it's going to be a tough road to get to May and June of uh, of next year without without business travel airports need help um, if I could kind of make a pitch and you know I I, have, I think Tom Ruth is still the CEO uh, at the uh, at the Edmonton airport and he was formerly the CEO at right. Halifax airport uh, so, uh, you've got a good, strong CEO. We have a good, strong CEO, uh, in Halifax now in Joyce Carter. Um, but you know, it's, it's a tough road for airports and, and we're expecting it could be a couple of years before they get the volumes that they, uh, that they, uh, were at in, uh, back in 2019. So it's a tough road. And I, you know, sorry, I'm going to keep going, Jeffrey. So I apologize for this, but I spent, I spent time in tourism. So I was the CEO of the Nova Scotia tourism agency for a while. And the reality is that tourism is kind of the Rodney danger field of economic development. You know, it gets no respect. Um, and, and for a very minimal investment, uh, I believe that governments could actually make a huge difference in attracting people from whether it's other provinces, um, U S states or, or around the world to both, Nova Scotia and and Alberta. Um, and again, it's a pretty cost effective use of funds to get people to come. And Jeffrey, you got your fingers in this because you're involved yeah. with the Edmonton International Airport. Yeah, exactly. I'm on the advisory committee. And uh, yeah, we lost during COVID 39 destinations, not 39 flights, but 39 destinations right. out of uh, out of EIA. And the you know, the industry airlines are using the pandemic as an opportunity to rationalize their fleets to optimize routes and uh it's 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 a challenge and uh, you know as as the provincial capital we run a risk if we don't get those direct uh international flights if we don't get those business centers back on track we run the risk of being relegated to being a uh, a regional airport which is in my view unacceptable and and it certainly impacts our ability for investment attraction, trade, all sorts of things. So while, they, while EIA has done a remarkable job on building its cargo business, we need, we need passenger aircraft to, uh, to, uh, you know, to, to, to move people and to move goods to, to different markets. Guys, is it even possible to try to forecast where we could be at this time next year? Or is, is it just basically a month-to-month thing and... Patrick, let's start with you in Halifax. How do you view 2022 coming up? Well, I will admit, I thought I had a pretty good view of 2022. <laughs> I did. If you'd asked me a month ago, I'd feel pretty confident. You know, I I, I still feel confident, uh, but Omicron is clearly making a dent, uh, you know, in uh, in our economy. And I don't think it's quite made it to, uh, to Alberta yet, uh, luckily. Um, please keep it out because I mean, it transmits inside of 24 hours and that's, that's tough, right? Really, really tough. Uh, so, you know, luckily it seems to be a milder case of, uh, of COVID. So that's, that's great. And we're in a different place now with vaccinations and rapid tests and all those kinds of things. So I, I feel good about 2022. I think we've got a bump right now, but I think we'll get over the bump. Uh, and I think we'll get out the other side 
it's it's not going to be a quick recovery, but we're going to see recovery. There is some pent up demand. There is some money that people have saved um, that uh, you know they haven't spent over the last little while, and I. I think people will want to spend that money. They'll want to travel. They'll want to do things um, and they want to make consumer purchases. And I think that's probably good uh, for our economy as we head into 2022, probably not immediately, but later in later months. And I'd agree with, uh, with Patrick Uh, asked me two weeks ago, I would have been quite optimistic about 2022. Uh, We've certainly got a a blip right now. It's shaking consumer confidence. Uh, It's shaking investor confidence. Just again, uncertainty that's kind of the theme and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get through that uncertainty but i think there's generally a willingness Bryn, that people just want to get back to back to business back to normalcy whatever that looks like and and fight through it because uh you know um it, just staying indoors and 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 just kind of coveting you know ourselves existing uh, existing yeah, yeah. I, I think there's 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 fatigue and it's not like it's not just like zoom calls i think there's a fatigue to people being online and uh and just uh just um staying at home and 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 not interacting with friends family business associates we we need to get back i can tell you when we have uh you know face-to-face events people are delighted to be there uh, and we need to get back there. So I'll throw this one out to, to kind of wrap things up a little bit. Put a bow on it at this time of year, I guess, is the best way to put it. Hey, uh, pa- Patrick, if you were to uh, maybe cover off something that we haven't talked about that that really kind of is a strong pitch for the Halifax area, is there anything specific, any numbers you want to throw out there? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I hesitate to say, you know, that uh, there's a lot of uh, displaced Nova Scotians in Alberta and maybe they should come home. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I don't want to defeat the Alberta economy, but, you know, it's a it's a pretty good spot down here. Uh, you know, I'm looking out at the ocean right now. It's not a bad uh, not a bad spot to be. Um, but I think economically we're we're going to be in good shape. Uh, and I think Canada is going to be in good shape, uh, you know, coming out of this. We've seen energy prices rise. We've seen, uh, you know, up until the last few weeks, we've seen the economy start to move forward. If I was going to make a pitch, I'd make a pitch to the federal government. Uh, again, you know, we're not out of this yet. Uh, so, you know, the, we need some support. Uh, particularly in that hospitality and tourism sector. But sadly, again, we're kind of extending that a bit uh, again. So we're not out of it. And we need an economic plan to get us moving in 2022, three and four. Jeffrey? Well, I'd say that uh, the business community here is probably 75% saying we're going to be, uh, you know, better than we are today so i think that's a really good indicator and uh you know i just think that uh given the resilience of businesses the risk takers the you know the the employers um i i i'm i'm very optimistic that 2022 is gonna is gonna shake out well it's you know again uncertainty but um resilience and fortitude is gonna get us through well that's it for today's episode of overdue advice Big thank you to Jeffrey Sundquist and Patrick Sullivan for joining us with their time and insight on today's podcast. Hey, it's easy to find us online too. MedCredit is on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at MedCredit. You can also check out Brian Sommerfeld's blog, which is also easy to find. It's blog.medcredit.com. The website also includes numerous helpful tools and calculators to assess your business debt risk. We also want to hear from you as well. 
So subscribe, like, or leave us a review on this or any of our podcasts. And make sure you share this podcast with your friends or business associates. You can drop us a line at overdueadvice at medcredit.com. Overdue Advice, the podcast about cash flow strategies to grow your business. I'm Bryn Griffiths. You run a business, you're successful. You don't wait for things to happen. You make them happen. So why aren't you collecting what's owed to you? The longer you wait, the less chance you'll ever see a cent. <laughs> so call Met Credit. We're your local debt recovery team, serving businesses of all sizes since 1973. And don't worry, we play nice. We're here to uphold your reputation and relationships. And speaking of nice, if we don't collect, you don't pay. Zero risk. Get to know us for when you need us at metcredit.com.